This is Songwriting Our Way Out of Here with Leah G and Marlock. Hello, welcome to another episode of Songwriting Our Way Out of Here. I'm here with Leah G as usual. Hi, Hello, Mark. Leah. How are you? I'm doing okay, and we're not living together anymore, so I'm a bit yeah. sad. It's really weird. Really weird yeah. not living with you anymore and doing this online. Yeah, so we're using we're using the internet this time to do this podcast. Uh, Thank God for the internet. <laughs> quite interesting, and obviously we're using uh, different equipment and all that stuff. And this is what we want to talk about today: is about how to record things at home, uh, what sort of equipment do you need, what you might want to look into, and that kind of thing, right? Definitely. It's just so important in these times of coronavirus to be able to record from home. And um, yeah, especially when you want to collaborate with people and need to send vocal stems and stuff as well. So yeah, be good to talk about these kind of things today. Yeah, sure. You were you and the money there. It's, um, because of coronavirus, I think we all have had the need to kind of like look at our uh, home equipment, if you will, and and figure out how to do things. I mean, in some cases, I guess some people were more familiar with that, and some others went. But you see a lot of um, a lot of the people in the industry, a lot of the artists, uh, having to go and record their own stuff instead of going to the studios and and working with other people. So definitely, yeah, it's good to have good to have a little setup at home. I really love working. You know, knowing that I don't need anyone to record stuff and send stuff over and yeah it's good to get to know the basics of home recording um really yeah nothing is very useful as you said when you do sessions with other people when uh you want to put together your own demos as well right like um you and i were doing when when we were living together and things like that so yeah i think we're gonna cover a little bit of all of that. Um, some of the other things we can talk about is how we do this podcast and what sort of equipment is needed and and so on and so forth. Um, shall we start with that? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably a good place to start. I mean, you're using the Shure SM7, right? Yeah, Shure SM7B, which is kind of like the podcast standard these days i think um but i use this for recording vocals in general as well and some of the tracks whilst uh we've been in lockdown this is what i've been using because it's very reliable um yeah i think an all-rounder yeah totally is um first of all the first thing we should cover is is that how do we record voice uh and what's kind of like the most basic setup that you can get, which is also portable. I mean, I saw Nina mm. Nesbitt did um, uh, like a, a production of one of her own songs not long ago where she went to the park and did everything there, yeah, right? that was really cool. So, yeah, that's sort of like the level of equipment that I think we're going to be covering. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Just like a simple home setup. I mean, she used a um, dynamic microphone, though, not a condenser, when she was recording. 
So. Yeah, because you're outdoors, so you would never use yeah. a condenser outdoors. But it's a, it's a good point. Is okay. Well, never, <laughs> not in mm-hmm. this scenario. But yeah, it's a good point. I think the first thing that you obviously need is a microphone. I mean, no doubt about that. If you want to record audio, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the first thing that um, you look into. So without getting into too much detail, there are two, uh, there are not two, but two main types of microphones, the dynamics, and there are uh, condenser. And it's basically the difference between them is the way the transducer works. Transducer is what translates acoustic waves into electricity. and when it comes to the practicality of it, really, um, a condenser is something that you want to use to pick up the room uh, to get like a more more fuller sound of the surrounding. So it's got what's called a, a wider polar pattern, the different polar patterns, but usually like a bit wider. You you set at a, you set yourself at a like larger distance than with a dynamic. So it's what's used usually in studios for for uh, recording vocals. Mm. Um, a dynamic is usually what's used live because it only picks up a much narrower field of view. So you can get a lot closer to it and it doesn't pick up all the noise around. Therefore, you know, if you're playing with like a drummer, you're playing with all the people, you don't get as much stuff into your microphone. So, you know, you're... Um, sound engineer live can actually tweak things here and there. And yeah, and you don't want for. to hear the guy at the back of the venue coughing <laughs> in your microphone and have that amplified, so makes yeah, a lot of sense. Totally, you would get a lot of noise, um, all the ambient noise in there, right, instead of um, the vocals that you want, and it just it would get unmanageable because then you cannot mix it properly, yeah. right? Because you're getting um, a blend of everything in every single microphone. Of course. So, but again, for example, I'm using our dynamic microphone, so the SM7B mm. that we talked about is a dynamic microphone, which is the one that you're hearing right now. And for example, Leah, what are you using? Well, I'm using a Rode... M5, which I usually use for recording guitars, um, and it's um it's a small diaphragm condenser mic. Um, so yeah, it's it's great for guitars. It's like a set of two that I use to record guitars, and yeah, it just seems to be very useful for recording podcasts as well because it doesn't pick up quite as much as well. It does pick up just as much as my big big diaphragm condenser, but um, yeah, it's just like easier to handle i guess and better for podcasts yeah and, and the difference i guess is um in your case you you've got it set up on on your table don't yeah, you Yeah, exactly at about what what distance more or less from your face like 15 centimeters or something yeah maybe 20 yeah and, and i've got the dynamic pretty close to my face yeah so From my mouth more or less mm. which this one is pretty good with distance by the way but um but yeah usually that's kind of like one of the main differences um and i guess 
we both using an interface, right? Definitely. Which be like the next part of the signal chain. There are some microphones in the market which you can use without an interface, so they're like USB. Yeah. Um, there is one that a lot of people use for like YouTube and and stuff called a uh, a Yeti. Mm-hmm. Right. A blue, a blue YouTubers. Yeti. Yeah. A blue Yeti. That's right. Yeah, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of podcasters actually use that. Um, yeah, it's really good actually. I know a friend of mine uses it. It's not too bad. Um, I used a Rode NT. Well, don't ask me NT something, which was also a uh, condenser microphone for many years before I got into the whole jazz of using, you know, um, audio interfaces and stuff for just recording like really simple songs, um, demos at home, and you know that was okay. It's 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 simple. It's quick and convenient, and it's very portable. Don't need the extra jazz in between. So yeah, it's not a bad choice if you're just looking to record stuff um, acoustically, for example. It's actually not too bad at picking up guitars and stuff as well. And uh, yeah, not too bad for beginners, I think, to get into the whole recording world. Yeah, and I guess that's another point. Is uh, first thing is to figure out how how you want to record things, right? Because if you want to do voice and guitar at the same time, for example, mm. then you just put one of those condenser mics that goes straight into your laptop, and then it's all it's all fine. If you want to record parts and then you know blend them together and mm. layer them, then it might get a little bit more complicated or if you want to separate the sound of your guitar from your vocals when you're actually doing a live take yeah um then you definitely need an, an interface and a and what's called the the aw right mm. a digital audio workstation which is the infamous logic pro tools um audacity Ableton. is free i believe Ableton. Oh yeah, and you should check it out because I think Logic has got like a three month free trial at the moment because of the virus and then I think Ableton you can get a free version anyway, as far as I know. Yeah, there's a light version, yeah. I believe. Yeah, so well, used to be at least. I mean there's loads of different doors, but just see what works for you and then if you have a mic uh, a MacBook or like any Apple device, it comes with GarageBand, which is free and pretty good as well just like the beginner's version of Logic. I used GarageBand for years before I got into using Logic, really. Um, and, you know, it does its job if you're just looking to record simple demos, even on, like, your iPad or iPhone. I mean, there's microphones that you can get for your iPhone or your iPad and record from there as well. I think it's great. That's very true. It's a very portable solution in many cases if uh, for, like, ideas or... Even for yeah, working things out. Yeah, there's garage band that comes with uh, every iPhone, right? Definitely. So yeah, that's all easy. And there's something called Fruity Loops now as well, which is oh, quite a cool app. Now um, for your phone. This is what I used when I was when I was uh, twelve. <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! So. But yeah, they they just released they just released an app um for for your phone to do loops and stuff. And it's uh, very popular actually now amongst like rappers and stuff making own beats. And... Yeah, not surprised. Yeah. So my first demos and little pro recording projects that I, that I did when I was uh, 
yeah, 12 to 16. Also, <laughs> I used Fruity Loops and then moved into Garage Band. Um, yeah. This is talking many months ago, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little Albert. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's funny. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, talking about coming back to um, audio interfaces, I've used the um, Native Instruments Complete series for a long time. I've had the older version of it. Um, it was com- just com- called Complete Audio, and now I've upgraded it to the newest version of the Complete Audio 6. Um, and it's really, really good. I'm really happy with it. It's got um, four out channels and... Like, yeah, it's just really good. It's very portable, quite small, very light, easy to use. It's perfect for me, to be fair. Like, I love using it. Yeah, I think when it comes to the audio interface, um, if you're like a singer-songwriter, right, who just wants to record songs or even demos, you just need something uh, portable and that's it. Um, yeah. So Focusrite I've used in the past. It's usually like two channel interface. I mean, I know they say four or yeah. six or Focus whatever. Right, but, Scarlet, right? but you actually, yeah, I had the the previous version before it actually was branded Focusrite. Um, mm. So before it was Focusrite Scarlet, uh, it was called something else. It was part of Roland, the Roland Group, Eddie Roll, something like that. Mm. Um, I still have it somewhere kicking about. But yeah, they call it four, six channels input. It's not really true. It's actually kind of like two channels at the same time. Um, yeah. So that's important to know. I've been using Universal Audio for a few years now. Um, mm-hmm. I have the Arrow at the moment and the Arrow 2 channel. And before that, I had what's it called? The Twin. So at the end cool. of the day, Anything that is portable and easy, for example, I chose the Arrow because um, I like Universal Audio. What What's different between all the interfaces is the preamp, right, that they mm. have, which is how do they capture the signal, uh, which basically, without getting too technical, is what's called an, an analog to digital converter on ADC. Um, you can tell I'm an electronics engineer and I used to design these things. Um, anyway. I was going to say, please say what you do, what you did. Yeah, like yeah, I'm, I'm an because electronics engineer. Because otherwise people are like, who's this geek? Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, so I, used to I mean, do it doesn't this... make you less of a geek, but... <laughs> well, I used to do it for a living, right? Um, yeah. Well, I still kind of do, I guess. But, um, yeah, so basically what changes is that preamp, but... One of the reasons why I moved into moved from uh, the twin to the arrow is because it's just um, power powered over Thunderbolt, so mm. I don't need to take a power supply for it. And I think yours is the same, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same. It's just powered through. You see, I think that's great because it just makes it super portable. Uh, you can take it anywhere. You don't need an external power supply for it. If you like in trains or, you know, um, flying around, you can take your interface and still like do things with it. Or you can take it to the park like um, like Nina Nesbitt does and record things there because you don't yeah. need a power source for it apart from your laptop, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, it just makes it really easy. 
And then, like, what what additional equipment do you have for recording your guitars? Because I know you like to plug your guitars into an amp, which then goes through a separate uh, thing and then into your um, into your interface and then into Logic. So, what what do you that, use there? That gets a bit tricky. I think we should cover first um, headphones <laughs> because. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that is kind of like a part of the system that everyone sort of needs, right? You obviously yeah. can record um, whatever you want with the equipment you have, but then you need to listen back. And if you're also like layering different tracks on your DAW, um, mm. you need to listen back to that whilst you're doing the other tracks. So let's say you've recorded guitars and then you want to put the vocals on top and you obviously need mm. to listen to your guitars um, whilst you're Very performing true. those vocals. So commonly used headphones um for tracking so yeah whilst you listen to the other instrumentation and you're recording vocals you you just use headphones and then for mixing and mastering um you can do it on headphones it's not ideal you want monitors so um speakers basically to go and listen to they're usually like amplified speakers or active speakers they're usually called yeah um but there are passives as well so you need an external amplifier um but yeah headphones are key have like good quality headphones i think goes a long way for anything that you do definitely i used to work what for a headphone headphones company, do you use? So <laughs> 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 i'm not gonna what headphones say do you use so, I mean, I'm very biased um, because I, I use all the Bowers and Wilkins headphones because it's the company I used to work for. And I've got them pretty much the entire range from when I worked <laughs> there. Um, they are not designed for for this. They are designed to listen to music. Um, but they obviously do the job. And at the end of the day, if you're going to use them for mixing... Um, it is down to how well you know your equipment as well. So the more you use it, yeah. the better you get to know it. And then it's just mm. a lot easier. I see that you're using Bowers and Wilkins headphones as well, Leah. How come? Oh, who do you who do you think I got them from? <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. Oops. Uh, yeah, I use those ones now as well because I think they're actually quite a lot nicer than the Beats studio that I've used for... I think four or five years. I got them like ages ago when I was like, yeah, 14 or something. And um, actually comparing them to those ones, um, they have a lot, like they make a lot of sound themselves and you need to charge them all the time, which is kind of a bit annoying sometimes. So yeah, it's good to have a second pair of headphones, I think, to listen to it through a different pair of headphones and see how you like the sounds on those ones and then obviously it'd be great to have some studio monitors as well but i guess that comes with like a better equipped room as well so you know it totally does and uh, an important point to make i guess is okay what's the difference between a studio monitor and yeah. your normal hi-fi speakers so the speakers you would use to listen to music like high quality speakers um and you know this is a question i used to get a lot because obviously worked for a speaker manufacturer and 
and the difference is the the frequency response right so mm. you want to have when you are mixing you want a mastering you want to have a flat response in frequency so frequency is obviously low frequencies is that high frequency is that right so you want your <laughs> entire how was that how was that for an example um cool. you want to be even across your entire frequency spectrum so your speakers don't emphasize your low end or your high end so you don't get too much bass or you don't get too much highs so monitors are what's called near field speakers right so you sit very close to the speakers and they have relatively flat um response against frequency right so they mm. don't emphasize um any any frequencies too much again this really depends on your room as well because um sound bounces everywhere and then your room has a massive massive impact on how you hear things when you sat there and this is yeah. where all the acoustic treatment comes into place which we're not going to discuss because I'm definitely no expert in that <laughs> and it's a topic that we could discuss for hours um but yes yeah, a basic thing that's what monitors are for um with a very basic setup um i would just use headphones the software to correct the actual headphones the response like sonarworks is a company that does this kind of software so you can actually correct it to make it flatter so again it doesn't mm. emphasize any frequencies and and then there are like some plugins for example Abbey Road has a plugin which um, emulates their room like one of their studios so you can actually hear it the way uh, you can hear it in that room so you yeah. don't feel like you're mixing on on headphones but rather on like monitors at least that is the idea yeah did you ever try that out I haven't. Do you think it works? No, okay. that one. I've tried Sonarworks to to flatten the response. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, but no, I haven't. I haven't done the Abbey Road one. Because <laughs> uh, again, it's a convolution. I guess it's hard to explain what a convolution is if you're not into that. But basically, they try to replicate um, the way that the the sound bounces in the room right mm. by basically adding it into your sound so before mm -hmm. you actually hear it um so i mean i know my headphones very well um so i don't see the point on you know messing that up because then it would change my my perspective again it all depends on the reference that you have yeah definitely so yeah i guess i don't know uh, what else do we use? I also use an Akai Mini, which is a MIDI controller, like a MIDI keyboard, not a keyboard, but a synthesizer. So you can plug that straight into your laptop as well. It doesn't need any external power source. And it's really cool because you can just use it with all the Logic or whatever plugins you have on Logic and you can program. It's got like drum pads that you can program to have specific sounds on them which is really cool because then you don't have to put it into the midi um midi track with the mouse or whatever you're using 
but in there but you can just play the keys and it's much easier to use um i love it because it's really portable um really light easy to use it's really small it's not a proper keyboard it's only got like what 32 keys but um yeah it works it does its job i think it's really cool i know that you are using a full-size piano to do your midi stuff i do yeah i do just because um because i have it (laughs) (laughs) um and because i play a little bit of piano so you know it's just useful so i've got an 88 key um keyboard and I use it as a MIDI uh, trigger as well. So anything that I program is on that piano. Um, but I'm also, you know, very much uh, to emphasize what you said, because I travel a lot, obviously not at the moment, but I usually travel a lot. Um, I think I'm going to buy a small uh, MIDI controller as well with a few keys that usually have, yeah, like 25, I think is the minimum you get. Uh, 25 mm. keys with like four to eight pads and a few faders and then yeah. you can do actually a lot of uh, production with that because at the end of the day it's all about the ideas and your creativity right Very these, are just, these are just tools to kind of emphasize to help you definitely exactly um and yeah what what else do we want to talk about um i, I think, think we've just basically covered most of it haven't we it's like i think you just need to find what works for you and these are actually just not not really recommendations what we just said we just told you what works for us personally and that might be something really different to what you might want to work with um and you know I, i think it's just about trying out especially with microphones you know go make sure you try loads of different microphones before you actually decide what you're going to use um and yeah, just try different kinds of equipment, talk to lots of people, see what they use and see what works for you. Because at the end of the day, it needs to work for you and um, what you want to use it for as well. Because if you want to have like a proper home studio setup where you can mix and master stuff, then obviously that's going to be much more mm-hmm. technical and difficult to, you know, put up and a lot more money to invest than into just like a portable kind of cheap setup that you can record stuff with. That sounds decent, but, you know, doesn't have to be up to a studio standard. Um, so, yeah, just see what works for you, really. Yeah, totally on the money there. Uh, that's kind of where I wanted to go, actually. Very good. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> it really depends on the use case at the end of the day, right? So these are kind of like the basics for um, if you have no no idea and want to sort of like get started with the sort of equipment that you need and it gets as complicated as you want and as expensive as you want uh, <laughs> no doubt about that um, but I think there are a lot of options on a budget these days and it just allows you to go and put together demos, tracks ideas very very simply which Mm, you know a few years ago it was it was totally beyond beyond scope yeah Yeah, it was unthinkable it was just impossible and and these days is is so easy so i think these days if you have like 500 quid to spend then and you've got a laptop already then you can get a lot for 500 quid you can get a lot of equipment that will really be amazing like you could get a microphone you could get a midi controller or like a 
little synthesizer. You could get an audio interface. And yeah, you might even and headphones, and might even get something else for that money as well. You know, depends if you're buying it secondhand or whatever. But yeah, for five hundred quid, you can get like a nice setup. I think. Yeah, totally. And even for less than that, I think you can get something, especially as you said, a secondhand market. Um, yeah. So yeah. much stuff out there, guys. Don't don't buy it new if you can buy it secondhand and it still works, and you can be sure that that person selling it on to you hasn't ruined it before you buy it but you know it's great to not always buy new stuff if it's already out there absolutely and i'm the first one who pretty much everything i buy is second hand uh yeah. or beast just talk. cheaper and better yeah yeah beast talk second hand uh because you know usually when it is hardware that you know it's not gonna go out of date like your laptop is different but obviously the audio interface the microphones I mean, mm. unless it is broken, as long as it works, you know, why would you buy exactly. it? Exactly. I don't. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good a good note to leave, leave the podcast for today. And uh, yeah, just see what works for you. Experiment. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. yeah, our word for the day, usually, which is a word at the end of a podcast. So if you listen till here, please go comment. On um, our social Mike, media, yeah microphone on a social media microphone yeah that sounds about right why not yeah that's the word of the day microphone so if you listen to here go comment it on our social media mine is uh, my instagram is lee underscore g underscore music and mine is marlog music same for facebook um, yeah for all social media really it's the same isn't it so yeah go on one of our posts and and just type there, hashtag yeah. microphone. And uh, tune in again in two weeks when our next podcast is going to be out. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, Thanks a lot very for much tuning for listening. in, everyone.